Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the bringing my fingers to the temple of my head to my going, woo, 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 Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing? That wasn't quite the right psychic noise, but I'll lie. It's more like, woo, 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 Okay, well, cadence and pitch were not really discussed in the show notes. I will um, also go with a da 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 or maybe a Yeah, oh, that's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. No, 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 you want me to do it again with the na-na? I'm feeling the na-na. I'm feeling the... The bringing my fingers to the temple of my head to my going na 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 Mr. Robert Lundgren, how you doing? Oh, that was good. That was so good. I'm good. I'm good. Hello, hello. Actually, I'm not good. I'm so not, I'm so I exist in a in a space of perpetual just just irritation right now. Do you live in a glass case of emotion? I don't know what that means. Uh, it's a line from Anchorman. Mm, mm. No, I I am annoyed at our our corporate overlords, Jonathan. Like, uh. oh, there's there's been a lot of really good reasons to get annoyed. <laughs> yeah, Watsy, especially in our this, particular yeah. realm of entertainment. Hey man, Asmodee or whatever that that company is, the the giant conglomerate now. But at least they're not being terrible. Not that I've heard. Not that we've heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we live in a cyberpunk dystopia. That's really boring. It sucks. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Just like I'm sorry to do this to you, but uh, uh, the last. Uh the last couple of uh, weeks has has been this way. It it has been a sh- party of one. Your table is now available. Yeah, yeah. You want you want to talk about it now or later? What the? I don't know even what we can add to this conversation at this point. But sure, you want to talk about the OGL real quick? Uh, do 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 our, do our stuff. Do the skinny version. Do the skinny version. T- t- tell you what, let's let's introduce ourselves and talk about the the day the day today is and all that, and we'll we'll, we'll go there. We'll go there. All right. Well. As always, let's get started with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys are helping us keep the lights on, and um, yeah, man, it's another year. Uh, what year is this for the show? I don't even remember. Did we start in 16? I don't recall. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, isn't it in our bloody show notes? Isn't it not, our email account? Oh, yeah, 2016. Yeah, yeah. We started, uh, uh, yeah, the first episode was like a couple, uh, like a month or two before the boys were born. God. Oh, I remember that. I remember going to visit you guys in the hospital. That was a good day. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember very much of the next year of my life. <laughs> I could say that pretty regularly. Yeah. No, well, no, like double baby sleep deprivation is is. Oh, is yeah, a tor- yeah. I, like, because like, you know, when you say like twins are just twice the work, how bad could that be? Like double the sleep debt is like is. is oh, wow. Yeah. I literally, I literally don't remember very much of my boy's life previous to moving to Oregon. Like, legitimately. Well, they sure are cute as buttons, man. They are cute as buttons. I just, yeah, that, that first year is just, it's just this weird blur that I don't remember very much out of. Because, like, I closed down my business, and that was, it wasn't like I had very much to do, uh, you know, besides 
help raise them, but like, yeah, just nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I see these pictures of me napping with them. Like, I don't remember doing that. I mean, I know I like napping on that couch, so I don't, I don't doubt it, but yeah, I don't remember that. Not in the slightest. <laughs> I feel like that pretty much every day. Well, Jonathan, uh, tell you what, let's, uh, let's turn this around a little bit. Happy national compliment day. January 24th offers a wonderful way to brighten someone's day or to give credit for a job well done. Well, allow me to kick this off and uh, say, hey, I really appreciate you as a human being. I think you're a wonderful person, and I am so lucky to have you in my life, not Aww. just as a friend, but as a as a podcast partner. I, I thought you couldn't do one better than when we were off the air and just saying how much you missed you know, recording with me and how much you loved it. And I was like, wow. I feel very strongly about that. I... I my life has been a hot mess of being overbooked lately. And I really truly do miss, uh, our normal schedule. I love recording with you. It is a good time. Oh, that's nice. Well, back at you, buddy. If I was there, I'd give you a little, so- I, I'm, I'm, I'm fundamentally a kid born in the, born and raised in the eighties and nineties. And I am, I am not emotionally mature in any way. <laughs> <laughs> Who of us is? Like, where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? <sighs> all right, all right. Should we get into this now? Should we get into the OGL? Oh, oh hell yeah. Uh, all right. For those of you who don't know, and I don't know how you couldn't, because the, the overlap between board yeah. gamers and RPGers is, is pretty broad. <laughs> it really would be a remarkable achievement to have somehow missed this news. Like, it has been... A, a spectacular exercise in implosion. Yeah. So 22, 23 years ago when third edition came out and, and there's a whole lovely backstory to this, which I could fill you in on because Ryan Dancy was talking about it on various streams over the last couple of weeks. Wizards of the Coast released the open gaming license, which was modeled after open gaming and like, look at it at the time, like wizards, very first product, um, had conversions to other systems in it and they got sued. Then they bought TSR and D and D almost died and they, they like rescued it. And so there was this strong incentive to maybe have Dungeons and Dragons as a concept survive, uh, a, another corporation that could take it out. And so they made the open game license, which is exactly what it sounds like. The, you know, D and D for everybody, you know, you can use the rules, you could do whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you go look it up on Wikipedia or whatever if you want to know more about it. But it was a fantastic thing that was there for 20-odd years. Um, 20 plus, I should say. We started getting rumblings about it right before Christmas, but the the poop really, really hit that fan in early January when it got leaked. It that, wasn't just a regular fan, by the way. It was one of those big-ass fans, you know? Like yeah. The, the, yeah. the ones that you see in the Costco ceiling that are like 40 feet wide. And this sucker was was like on maximum overdrive. It was trying to do its best impersonation of a World War II bomber. And they fired the poop with a huge cannon and almost Mach 1 at this fan. Like, it's spectacular. It wasn't just poop. It was like a giant artillery shell full of just festering feces. It was like they went to the San Diego Zoo and collected <laughs> all of the entire zoo's poop and in for for like a month put it in a dump truck loaded it into the cannon and then fired multiple tons of poop at the big ass fan that had been put into overdrive yeah uh i yeah anyway so they keep they keep lying and saying that this was a problem (laughs) (laughs) 
So they keep they keep lying and saying this was a draft and they're looking for feedback. And they're not. They went to 20, uh, 20 people who have signed NDAs and can't talk about this, which is crap. And basically, you know, try to strong arm them into a new OGL. And one of the many things it really messed up on was basically they tried they're trying to use a, a trick of verbiage in it to say that because the 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 OGL 1.0 1.0a says that only authorized OGLs can be used, right? And it was because they had drafts of this thing going out uh, previous to them releasing the final one, but none of those had the paragraph that said this is an authorized copy. So now Wizards is trying to say, well, that copy's not authorized anymore. And that the 2.0 is what you got to use. And it's got terrible terms and it's got a whole bunch of weird, sneaky language. And they're like, well, we don't, we're not an evil corporation. We don't want to steal your, your product stuff. But it's, it contains language where they can take anything that you've made and reprint it and not pay you a dime, among other things. And they can change the terms of the agreement on you within 30 days with an email notice. They don't even have to contact you with a new contract. They can say, this is your new contract now. And, and you're like, okay, you just have to take it. And it's stupid. And it's, it's, it's so dumb. And 20 years of like, just a steadily building gaming renaissance that we have built towards to this point died early January this year. The, the, the gaming golden age is over and it is all downhill from here. People like I, I did do a spectacular job of wiping out, 20 years of, of building. Yeah, it's, it's gone. And I, and I know there's a lot of you who play RPGs and you don't understand what it's like to not be in this golden age. And you're saying, no, it's, it can't possibly die. It's too big. It's like, no, it's, it's dying right now. It is dying. And it's dying simply because a whole bunch of people, because of this nonsense. And because even I wizards can't deauthorize the OGL because there is no language in the contract that says how they deauthorize it. They can't just say that's unauthorized. It's printed in the license that it is. And there is no mechanic for them to remove that in the license. That's how contracts work. If the contract has a way to get rid of it, it's in there and they know it. And uh, anyway, raining it in, raining it in regardless what they have done, they're, first off, they're not going to win this fight, but it's too late now. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, the fight was over before it even began. The moment they released that, that, and I use the term lightly, draft, um, they... It's not, they, it's that, not was, a, that was basically them, like, pointing the machine gun at their foot and uh, blowing it off. Yeah, and, but what it, it, in business, what you want is you want consistency, and you want, you know, some what Twitter doesn't have right now because Elon Musk doesn't have a policy team. He has whatever he feels like at the time. People like sure things, especially advertisers, but businesses in general have sure things. And right now wizards isn't a sure thing. Wizards is like freaking Putin and just shooting from the hip and doing crazy stuff. And they have just destroyed all their goodwill. And what this is going to do because none of you remember RPGs in the nineties, but I do. So I do too. Everybody, everybody, has their own system and everybody's siloed off from each other and everybody has their own thing. And, 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 and TSR at the time was very litigious and look where we are again. And the problem with that is when you get a population and wall them off into all these little silos, they have a bad time, a hard time attracting new people because it just gets hard. It gets tribal and, and everything gets real meta and you know, there's no easy entry. Right. And then and then everything slowly started dying. 
And I was there for that. And yeah, there's a lot of people in the hobby right now. So it'll take a while, but like what the OGL did was it gave a, a lot of people very common ground to onboard and it helped grow the industry and it was great and it was awesome. And now, now we are just on the trajectory to things falling apart and dying again. And it just sucks. It just sucks. I see where this is going and I don't see a way out because what we're going to end up with is we're going to have Dungeons and Dragons and we're going to have Pathfinder 2 and we're possibly going to have a third, you know, fantasy system that exists out there because I, I could, I, a couple of companies said they're working on their own thing and I would not be shocked if, if somebody kind of makes a more fifth, ed- like Pathfinder is on the complex side. So I could see someone making a more fifth edition friendly, a little bit more narrative not quite as crunchy as Pathfinder 2 game that kind of sticks around. But at that point, we're going to be walled off into three gardens and that'll be that. Like it'll just slowly start flaming out from there because uh, somebody gets interested in role-playing games because they watch Stranger Things again. They're like, oh, may- I want to try the D&D thing now. Or they're watching Critical Role because Critical Role is not going to stick with D&D. You bet your ass. I'm, they're not. There's no way. Once they do their new campaign, they're going to switch systems. I guarantee it. But all of that, like, yeah, you're going to walk into your game store and you're going to be like, which one do you want? And they're going to try to sell you three different products. And, you know, you're going to get annoyed out of that. And it's it's just stupid. Yeah. I'm so annoyed. Anyway. It's, it's done anyway. The, entire, the entire industry a disservice. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was just to try and make a few extra bucks. And it was – they don't realize that they, they – not only did they fail in their quest to make a few extra bucks, but they have just absolutely destroyed all of, like you said, the goodwill of the last 20 years, of course. And then all of the progress that had been made, making the property more accessible to everybody, you know? Yep. Like, like Dungeons and Dragons had never been closer to mainstream than it, than it has been the last couple of years. And now they're like, Oh, Oh, we almost won the game. No, we should, we should we should just auto lose. Yeah, and it's just because senseless. just well, senseless. And and here's my analogy. Here's my analogy. Wizards of the Coast, they're full of Microsoft people right now and Amazon people. And what they think Dungeons and Dragons is is they think it's a video game. That's how they're treating it. It's a video game, but they're wrong. Dungeons and Dragons and the D20 license and the OGL is an operating system. And yeah, like, and they don't get it. And, and like modern operating systems, you don't pay for them. You know, you, you, you try to sell apps in them and that's how you make your money, you know? And like, yeah, they just, they just don't get, and they, they didn't, they didn't pay attention to how the business was because they're like, oh, that's the eighties and the nineties. That's so long ago because corporations are stupid and myopic and they can only see six months ahead of them. And so anyway, anyway, Jonathan, anyway. And the only way they're going to pull this out, the only way they're going to fix this is if at some point sooner or later, um, uh, Paizo has talked about making a new, basically, OGL called the Orc, which is amazing. It's the uh, open, I forget what, open RPG creative license. It's it, oh, the Orc <laughs> I for like short. It. I like it. And, and they say they're not going to own it. They're going to try to give it to the Linux Foundation or somebody who you know has open ideals. That's their goal with it. Um, and it's, it's, uh, the, the law firm that's helping them craft it. It's the guy who wrote the original OGL. So, you know, just saying, and, and if they put D and D into that, and if they put fifth edition into that, to try to fix this crap, that that's like the only hail Mary I can see maybe pulling this out, but I don't think that's going to happen. <sighs> anyway, I'm depressed. I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about our normal stuff. Let's talk about happier things. I'm just, I don't know. 
I would have liked to see things go a different way. I'm a little bummed out. About and, and you know what? On on most of our listeners' side of life, you guys are fine. Board games were surging at the same time, and it seems relatively unconnected from all of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No, this isn't going to affect board games at all. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think the only spillover you might see is I have a gut feeling that, like, um, Kickstarter board games that have a, a pile of minis in them, some of those sales are to people who like role-playing games and want to, like, use those minis for that. And so you might see the pile of minis Kickstarter board game lose some of its its luster. I, I think that might be the only spillover that you, that side gets. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I it. I don't think it's going to wreck both industries, but I do think it was a, just a huge negative. It's just, I don't know, bums me out. It was just senseless. All right, well, let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about our off-the-shelf segment. That is, of course, what we've had off of our shelves, onto our tables, and most importantly, into our hearts. And I got to say, it's not a ton of stuff for me. I've, I've had a chance to play some video games lately, uh, mostly because I've been playing with the kids and um, been doing a lot of reading, uh, mostly because I'm constantly sitting, waiting to pick somebody up. Um, and I've watched almost no TV. So where do you want to start? I want to start with board games, Jonathan. That's easy. Okay, I'm done. Wow, wow. It's, and that's been my last couple of weeks, man. So, Mr. Bond, you see now that the tables have turned. <laughs> I, of course, Mr. Lundgren, I expect you to play. <laughs> I, of course, went to the, the had Christmas at the grandparents, so... Man, we don't uh, even have a freaking game going on on, our, on the phone. Like, that, that's how bad it is right now for me. Yeah, but I, I played me some more Camel Up like we do every year because that's very popular Christmas. Uh, we the, the daughter got old enough that we brought out Betrayal in the House in the Hill. We played a few games of that because it was very popular. It makes me think I'm going to get the third edition because uh, I've read about how it cleans the game up a little bit and adds in that feature from the Scooby-Doo version where they kind of give you a, a RP reason for you to go to the house in the first place. Um, and that has some effects on the, on the end game. Uh, that, that sounds like fun. So I, I, uh, it's a little, uh, considering I have the game and the expansions and all that, it's a little expensive for my blood, but the second that guy gets on sale for like 30 bucks ish, I'm, I'm all over it. Nice. And then we played a lot of sushi go party cause drafting's fun. And uh, sushi go party is a great game. Cause uh, you know, they, you, you, you build a menu of sushi and so you can, you can shake the game up by putting different things out because it's not just the basic game that you get in the cheap box. It's the out of print box that is much more expensive and cool. So, uh, all good games, all very good games. And it's nice. My, my kids like, uh, you know, able to definitely handle more complex games now that she's, uh, uh, 11. Yeah. That's one of the best parts, uh, as the kids start to get a little bit older is like, you can really start to explore different genres with them. So there you go. That's my board game, Jonathan. What did you have again? <laughs> oh, I would let me just uh, carry the two. Um, nothing. Yeah, yeah. That was me twisting that knife a little bit. Yeah, that it's hurt so, a little bit. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah. Well, well, where would you like to move on to now that we got board games out of the way? Because you, you, sure, you know, what you remind me of actually. You, you remember in Longest Goodnight when the guy's like, "I'm hurt real bad. I think I'm dying," and the guy says, "Continue dying out." <laughs> That's what you just did to me, you bastard. How dare you? <laughs> I'm hurt now. What do you want to move on to? Jeez, man. Uh, do you want to do video games next? Sure. The gaming? All right. There this I can actually participate in. All right. Let's do all yours, and then we'll do both of mine. Okay. So, um, as I said earlier, the the 
So the kids are different, man. Like, I don't know how else to put it. They genuinely enjoy watching other people play video games. It's a weird generation, man. It is. It is. It is. So I decided to lean into that and see if I could double scratch an itch. One, the itch to play video games. Two, the itch to play or to do things with my kids and spend time with them and bond. And I was able to do it. So I've gotten two of the kids interested in games so far. Clover and I, uh, so I should say my, my eldest daughter, Chloe, apparently it's a thing that we all rename each other in school now. So she goes by Clover. Nice. I don't know when that all started. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to keep the peace. We're just riding the wave. So she's really into anime and, um, I saw Persona 5R had been released on the Xbox. So I, since it was, it was on Game Pass, I installed it and we have been playing through Persona 5R together. And that game is actually a really, really interesting JRPG. I mean, it's bananas, make no mistake. Uh, but it's got some really neat gameplay stuff and probably some of the slickest transitions I've ever seen in the game. And it's super, super fun. So yeah, we're like eight or nine hours into it now. Um, and then I'm doing the same thing with Lincoln, but he likes more action stuff and he wanted to watch Tomb Raider. So, um, we've been playing through the, the first of the Tomb Raider trilogy of the, uh, the recently released, well, not recent, I guess it's almost 10 years old now, the first one, but yeah, we've been playing through Tomb Raider. We're about two thirds of the way through that. Nice. And then when everybody goes to bed and it's my time, uh, I have been playing, um, through Callisto Protocol, which has been really fun so far. So, so Jonathan, do you, do you throw a little, uh. Well, something over the lamp and screw in that red light bulb when it's adult time to play video games. Put Not on those some... kind of games. Although I oh. see those advertised on Steam pretty regularly. Yeah, true, true. Okay. But no, Callisto Protocol is from the um, gentleman who head up the, headed up the team that did the original Dead Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of the Dead Space. It's, it's re- a different. Re- <laughs> it's not Dead Space. It, it's, it's a very different experience. Hmm, that's cool. I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it quite a bit. It, and it's gorgeous. Oh my God, it's a stunning game to look at. Just absolutely stunning. Yeah, I'm I'm really actually quite enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I don't know how far I am through it. Maybe a third of the way, two thirds of the way. But it's, uh, yeah, it's different. It's it's fun. On the surface, it, it I could see how people would compare it to Dead Space. But once you get into it and understand what it's trying to do, it, it's a very different feel. Uh, and then my my buddies are really into Warhammer, of course, and so we decided to all pick up Warhammer Darktide for that co-op experience, and that's been super fun, too. And that's, um, uh, if you've played Vermintide, it's basically Vermintide in 40K universe. Okay. And then my buddy Mike and I, um, shout out to Mike, I don't think I've talked about him on the podcast yet, um, he actually just started listening recently. Um, uh, he and I are going to be diving back into Lost Ark, uh, which I played when it first came out. And I'm looking forward to getting back into that because I was having a lot of fun with it, but I didn't have anybody playing with me. So I just kind of gave up on it. And now that I have somebody playing with me, I can go back to it. And then finally, Final Fantasy 16 is supposed to be released later this year. And I've decided to finally get to back to Final Fantasy 15 and actually finish it because uh, I never got around to finishing it. And it's time. It's time. So I don't know how far I am through it. I mean, it's hard to say with a Final Fantasy game. I think i'm in the storyline i think i'm in chapter four or five uh but you know there's so many side adventures i'm just constantly getting lost i think i've put 10 or 11 hours into it yeah and that's my that's my video gaming what have you been up to we need to play more freaking um ghostbusters i like that game that is all 
Well, Jonathan, nothing new here. Uh, one of the fun ones, though. Uh, well, how about I'll go with the not fun. I have been playing Stellaris, as always. That game never fails to amuse. Uh, I thought I was going to win my first game, but then the gosh darn Cardassians pulled out a win at the last minute and beat me. I was really pissed off. That was the one. So that was a great game, Jonathan. I was playing the Vulcans, and the Vulcans got themselves uh, elected to become Galactic Emperor, which was great. Being Galactic Emperor is nice. <laughs> I would imagine. I got, I, the Endgame faction was the, the, I think they're called the Prothean. They're basically Tyranids. They, they come in and infest worlds, and then you, you can't get those worlds back. You basically have to glass them to, because otherwise they'll keep spawning ships occasionally. And so I made a, a giant neutron gun, uh, that planet-killing weapon, and I glassed planets with a neutron gun, and it was very, very satisfying. You know, as your legal representation in this particular matter, I would highly urge you to not uh, glass planets. That's never the right play. If they're infested with the bugs and you can't, the only, you can't, that's the way, that's the only way to uninfest them. You got to destroy the planet. Do you, do you know that there's four ways to destroy, air quotes, destroy planets in Stellaris? Do you know about all of them? It's great. It's great. I mean, Nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure, right? Okay, well, I guess that's five then. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. So you, you can have your fleet glass a planet by just shooting it until the, the ecosphere is dead, which, which is always fun. Then they have planet-killing weapons. So one of them is just a, a straight Death Star. It just blows up the planet. Um, but that's, that's uncreative. Everybody's seen that. So then they've got the neutron gun. And what the neutron gun does is it just destroys the biosphere and makes it a black shell of a planet. That has nothing on it anymore. It's gone. All, all the atmosphere is bled off into space. Everything. It's just, it's gone. Uh, the third one is like, well, you're a pacifist. How do you, how do you murder a planet without actually murdering a planet? So they have the pacifism gun or the, I, uh, I forget what it does, but basically it puts a shield over the planet so no one can get in or out. You're just stuck there for all eternity. And uh, that's how you do it if you're nice, I guess. And then in the, one of the recent expansions, uh, when they added in aquatic races, they added in the fourth way, which is you drown a planet, you shoot water at it, and turn it into an ocean world, and everything on the surface just dies and drowns. That's a good day. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Love me that Stellaris. It's, it's, it's still a good time. So I'm playing, uh, I'm playing uh, another game of it now. We'll see how it goes. I'm currently in first, but that can change. Are you still the... For lack of no. a better term, the Federation? Well, I, yeah, the Vulcans are very similar to the Federation. Uh, no, I'm playing the Asari right now, and they are not pacifists. Uh, they are egalitarian to the extreme. So uh, that's been interesting. So we will see how it goes. But I had a fun story. So I'd been allied with... Uh, I, so the best thing you could do, in my opinion, with uh, Stellaris is you should make up custom races because the problem with all of the, the alien races that, that they come up with is, you know, you don't know the lore about them. You don't know how to treat them. You know, you kind of have to discover it as you go, but that's no fun. So I've got like 30 or 40 custom races at this point, and I've basically put in all the major players from Babylon 5, Star Trek, um, Farscape, and uh, a, random sm- a random smattering of other stuff. And I put in the Zelda races, too, just for laughs, because I wanted a bird race. That's how it started. And there weren't a lot of bird races I could think of in media. So, But I was like, the Rudo from, uh, from uh, the, the Breath of the Wild, you know, the bird people. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll make a race based off of them. So, yeah, so that led me to put in the, uh, the Zora. Are you, are you sure it's the, that, those bird people or maybe the bird people from Buck Rogers? No, no, no. They don't have bird man people. That doesn't count. That's unfortunate. Well, it's just a guy with a bird hat. That doesn't count. I want somebody who's like a bird, an anthropomorphic She's bird. He's a bird on the inside. 
So you shut your mouth, a bird hat. How dare you, sir? So the Zora, the Zora, I put them in and they're, they're kind of feisty. So I, I entered into a federation with them and then they changed the federation law. So a majority vote could win. And, uh, and then, uh, through shenanigans, I, I, I got it so that I controlled the majority votes. And so I let, I was trying to let another federation member join that they didn't like, and they wouldn't let him in because that has to be unanimous. And it was a whole bunch of politicking and stuff. And basically over me trying to get this, uh, it's actually the, the, the peacekeepers from, <laughs> from Farscape, me trying to get the peacekeepers into the federation and them trying to get them kicked out and us disagreeing. Uh, they went to war with, uh, the Scarens also from Farscape. And I helped him out. I helped him out, Jonathan. I, I won that war. And uh, and then after that war was over, they started giving me and they tried to vote to kick me out of the Federation. So I How left willing. They? I left willingly. And then I, I declared war on their empire and I got the king of the of the Zora deposed and replaced it with a, uh, a democratic government like you do. And uh, and that was what happened to me today. And it was fun. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I went I went I went. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Democracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy. F. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. And the, the Democratic government, I got them to because uh, they, they used to be very religious and I got them to uh, not be religious on top of that, which was also nice because <laughs> that was part of the problem. We, 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 were, we were chafing on the whole religion front because they're a very spiritual people and mine aren't one way or the other, to be honest with you, because, yeah, it's complicated anyway. But it was very fun. And the Cardassians who beat me in my last game, they're in this game, too. So and they're actually currently number two. So uh, I guess I'm going to have to go mess with them after this. But we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. That game is fun. And then uh, I rented uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate from the library. And my boys thought that was the best thing ever. They would play that and just laugh hysterically. And it was adorable. So Smash I'm Brothers gonna... is a big hit around the house, too. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to get that sooner or later. I foresee the day that we're going to get another switch of some sort and we'll have two around the house. I've been trying to buy games physically so we can move them between the two systems. So we will, I'm, I'm yeah, next time, if, if anybody sees it on sale, uh, pop it into the video game discord channel and I, I will buy it. I, yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's video games. What do we have left reading? Okay. I'll go first. Cause I got nothing. Uh, because Good of talk. recent, ev- <laughs> uh, because of uh, recent events, I started reading Pathfinder two. Nice. Yes. So um, reading is like the one thing I've actually had time to do because I've been spending a lot of time uh, in chairs waiting for my children to come out of their various activities. So um, I have actually read quite a bit. I finished Death Death Masks, uh, which is, I don't know, four or five in the Dresden series. Um, and then I uh, found out about a, um, there was a trilogy of novellas uh, that was on sale at... Um, what was that? Half price books. It was a, the whole trilogy was on sale for half price books. Um, the first novella is called the dispatcher and it's really interesting. It's, it's this universe where people don't, um, people that are murdered come back. They just pop back into existence where they feel safe. And so like it, it asks, so, ah, how should I put this? There's some really interesting ethical conundrums uh, that the whole thing brings up, even though it doesn't address them uh, directly. They're always kind of on the periphery and really kind of influencing the way the characters handle situations. And um, I don't know, but between the three novellas, it's basically a book, uh, if you put it all together. I would highly suggest them. I really enjoyed the whole series. I thought it was really well done. The sequel is Murder by Other Means, and then the last one in the trilogy, and 
by no means is it closed. They could do uh, the, the author could do more is travel by bullet. So I, I suggest those they're, they're very fun. It's a light read, but it asks some interesting questions and they're a decent mystery that, that unfolds in a, in a really fun way. All right. Well, that's reading, which means it's time to talk about TV and film. Um, I have watched an episode of Andor. That's how far I got into Andor. I really enjoyed the first episode. I think it's interesting when you see the character so, that we got in, in Rogue One. I so want to watch Jonathan, the rest, but I just haven't had time. Yeah, so yeah, kind of the same thing. Uh, Jonathan, uh, when you sat down to watch a Star Wars show on Disney+, Plus, do you think it would start with the main character killing two cops? No, that was like, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> I, I, I got to the end of that episode, and I was, I was looking at it, I'm like, Am I still on Disney Plus or did I accidentally go over to Amazon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to finish that up. I've just it, been... it's it, it started out more like uh that that HBO show The Wire than it did uh, you know, a, a Star Wars show. Like it, it's intense, man. Yeah, there's actually a very good episode of um uh it's a podcast I've been listening to lately called uh It was a show. I think that's I, it was a show or it was a show. But they did an episode fairly recently about uh, Rogue One, and uh, they they talked uh, a lot about because the there's connections more than just the character to the the Andor show out of that. So they were talking about all of that, and it was interesting. So if you if you're liking that show, and I know you like Rogue One, although the host didn't like Rogue One as probably as much as you did, although they didn't think it was that bad, or they didn't think it was bad, they just didn't think it was great. But anyway, uh, that, that's a good episode. It's it's about an hour long, and they just kind of deep dive film stuff and it's it's kind of fascinating they didn't want to romancing the stone too which took me back because i used to like that film when i was a kid um so yeah i suggest that i will have to check that out yeah yeah the the only other thing that i have um watched is i i usually kind of um take a small break in the workday. And so I've been rewatching, rewatching the 2012 F1 series, which was a banger of a series. Um, that was amazing. You're just never a hundred percent sure who's going to win the thing. And you know, I'm like two thirds of the way through the season and it's just, I'd forgotten what a great season 2012 was. So yes, I am that addicted to F1 that with us being in the off season, I am now rewatching 10 year old, F1. Fair enough. I don't know Fair what that enough. says about me, but it really makes my lunch a very positive and happy thing. It, it says you're a fan. Considering my life has not been positive or happy lately, I envy you. I I love it. It's, you know, I sit down with my lunch. I, I watch about 15 to 20 minutes of the race while I eat, and then I get back to work, and that's that. It's, you know what? I, I teed you up for a Star Trek six quote, and you didn't even take it. And did I not? Me. You oh. are me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I got mine. All right. Oh yeah. Duh. Go. Okay. So, uh, one night my, my wife decided to watch this weird movie. I think it was on Hulu. It was on something random. Uh, it was called the lost girls and it's not based off of that Alan Moore comic. Cause that would have been, wow. Wow. That Alan Moore comic. I read that once. It's based off of, <laughs> off of a, it's, it's based off of a book of the same name and it's interesting. It's really interesting actually. So it's about basically what if Peter Pan, I guess happened maybe, um, and so Wendy then has children and so on and so forth. And we get to the modern day, 
Um, and it had a really interesting concept because basically like Peter Pan is like almost this family curse that comes and visits subsequent members of the family and, you know, takes them away to Neverland. And, and, you know, so it's about this lady when she was a kid, it happened to her and then she grows up and has a kid of her own. And, you know, she sees Peter and Captain Hook occasionally, but it kind of like blurs this weird line of is Peter Pan real? Is he a curse? Is he just mental illness? It was a really, it had really interesting ideas. Unfortunately, it was directed and acted on par with The Room. And so it made it a really weird watching experience because like it was a passion project by the lady who wrote and directed it, but she also acted in it. And Jonathan, she's Italian and she wrote the script and insisted it be used. And it stars her actual real life daughter, but English is not her first language. So the way people talk is weird. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're in Neverland and people are talking a little off and when Captain Hook is talking a little off, it kind of works. But when the main character sort of has this vague accent that you're not quite sure what it is, (laughs) but I'm totally American, right? It's just, it's odd. And then like, um, I forget the lady's name. She played the Dowager Countess in Downton Abbey, I think. I think that was her. But like the lady who plays her grandma, um, who would be Wendy's daughter from Peter Pan, I think. I think that's the way the timeline worked out. She was like fantastic. Like there were some real like freaking good actors in there. And like uh, the lady who plays her mom actually was the same way, like the very good actors. And then there's her and it's like, oh, I, I get this was a passion project, but maybe you should have not cast yourself and your actual daughter in this movie. It just doesn't quite work, but it's a weird movie. It, it I, I almost want to read the book. Like it kind of, I, some, it, it almost deserves someone a little bit more a little bit who could just handle it a little bit more. Cause there were things as I was watching it that I was thinking about, about ways they could do some of the visual uh, storytelling to make things more ambiguous. that I thought would be really interesting. Cause when, like when they first show Peter Pan, it's from the current lady's point of view. So uh, she meets Peter Pan, like back in the eighties, I want to say, or maybe the late seventies and, uh, or maybe the nineties. I don't know, but he's dressed very contemporary. He's got a, a t-shirt, like a green t-shirt and pants, like green pants. And they're just, pants, you know? And, um, but there's a couple points in the movie where they show people talking about Peter Pan from their own experience and the daughter's experience. And it's, he always looks the same way. And I thought it would have been a lot more interesting if he was more or less dressed as like fashions of the time, just to kind of make it ambiguous of if he's a curse or a mental illness. I don't know. It just, yeah, like it, it was interesting, but it just was very flawed. And I don't know. I don't know, Brendan, maybe, maybe you'd like watching that movie if you haven't already. I, I don't, I don't know if I could really recommend it to anybody else. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting at the very least. You, you should watch it too, if you want. If, if any of that sounds interesting to you, Jonathan, it's worth a watch because it's, it, it is kind of fun. Like, you know, it is kind of bad at parts and you're, you're just like, what is this dialogue, man? What is this dialogue? <laughs> I, you know, I love a good, bad movie. <laughs> and, that, and that's the weird, this is a good, bad, it's, it's not boring. And it, um, it's, it's unintentionally fun. What's it streaming on? Uh, one of our services. Hold on. Uh, Hulu. It's on Hulu right now. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Remind me, remind me. I don't want to forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, it's, it's not good. I'm not going to claim it's good. It's, it's, it's a bad movie with a lot of really interesting ideas and, and that they don't ever quite pull off, but it, they, they, they get close enough to some of them that you're like kind of seeing where they're going and you're like, Oh damn, like this, is, this could have been a good movie. You know, when um, I see projects like that, it's hard to not want to just like grab it and then rewrite it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Cause it's, it's like so close to not needing to be fixed, but it needs to be fixed. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of it is just the, uh, just, I don't know if it's the lady's budget or her experience, but she certainly probably shouldn't have acted in it. And it certainly needed a rewrite from someone in whose English is their first language because it, it has at points like Troll 2 levels of dialogue. It's just, yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right. And then um, I'm continuing Babylon 5. Uh, it's going to leave HBO in like six days. By the time you hear this, actually. Oh, no gone. kidding. Yes, the, the 23rd. So, yeah, by the 24th when this episode's out, it's on HBO. Luckily, I have all the DVDs, so I can keep going if I want. But, yeah, I've still been watching that. Uh, I watched The Glass Onion on Netflix. Holy crap. That was a good movie. It was really, really weird. The It's the, the Knives Out sequel, I guess. Yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to watching it. It's not what you think it is, which is interesting because it's um, – I was watching a, a video on Knives Out and how it's kind of like an anti-mystery they were talking about how Rain Johnson really likes subverting expectations. So how do you make a sequel for a film that's an anti-mystery, you know? And, and he, he does it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. We watched Lightyear on Disney Plus, the movie that nobody asked for, and uh, the, the gritty reboot of Buzz Lightyear, you know? Uh, you know, and, Amelia got really into that movie for a long time, and every time I sit and watch it, it happens to be on that one really, really sad scene, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's just heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know what it is with that movie. It just it I don't know. I don't think we needed it. I don't think we needed a gritty reboot of Buzz Lightyear. And you, you know what actually makes it worse? It, it's the at the very very beginning of the film. There's this little tagline that says, you know, in 1983 or whatever year blank, uh, a kid named Andy uh, watched this movie and it became his favorite. Or watched a movie about you know Buzz Lightyear and it became his favorite movie. This is that movie. And I'm like, why did you even put that in? Because you're like tying it to Toy Story. And it has like nothing thematically to do with it. Like no, it's just, not at all. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they made that movie. It it wasn't bad, but it and it, it I I don't know. I, it's like it it didn't need to be a Buzz Lightyear movie. I guess I don't know. It had some moments that were fun. Speaking of Disney movies that kind of fail, uh, we watched Strange World the other night, uh, which is like okay. I think my wife's my wife summed it up best. Like Disney movies are really good at visuals, music. Well, there you go. Oh, the the kids watch that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, visuals and music is they what didn't they didn't really get into it. Yeah, yeah. The problem is it's not a musical, so they're one of their strengths they already lose. And visually, it is very interesting, but a lot of the characters in it are incredibly lazy, and and it's it's like a lazy story with lazy tropes that you've seen a million times before, and it's got a really high concept setting, but it doesn't save it because that's it, it's like Treasure Planet, you know, like Treasure Planet had a really interesting setting, but everything else didn't quite work, and that's it's a very similar thing to that have you ever seen treasure planet yeah that movie was great uh, that was one of my favorites well yeah but the story is dumb no like, the story is absolutely dumb but it it doesn't the, the world the world's really awesome. neat yeah. yeah the world's really neat and and yeah i love strange the world. art style in that film that it really really got me into it yeah but yeah strange world's very similar the world is very neat the story is just kind of eh. like it's very forgettable and then and then uh the kids were home all day Miles is getting of the age that he, he starts showing opinions about things and he's old enough that he can watch movies and, you know, kind of sit there and take them all in. And I was trying to think, like, what would a boy like to watch a movie about? And then it occurred to me, Transformers. So we watched Bumblebee and he loved it, loved it. He was so into Bumblebee. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and I, I watched, have not watched Bumblebee and I've heard that it's really good. It, it I, I mean, it's not going to win awards or anything, but, like, compared to... Compared to, like, uh, any of the other Transformers movie, it's, like, freaking Les Mis, man. It's, 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you know what's funny about it? Um, it's essentially a reboot of the first Transformers movie. It's got a very similar story with, with very similar beats. And it's like, when Michael Bay's not directing this, this is what, what can happen. It was actually, like, very engaging. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a bad kind of, you know, it's banking on some 80s nostalgia and blah, blah, blah. But it, yeah, I, I liked it. it the, the, late char- the, the character is the, uh, the lady from uh, Hawkeye. Um, who played uh, Kate Bishop. I can't ever remember her actual factual name. I just call her Kate Bishop, and I'm like, wait, that's not her real name. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was in it. She was great. She was great. And yeah, it's a good movie. It's it's a very fun movie. And and Miles, oh, Miles was so into it. Like like when the car trans, like the whole the whole beginning's on Cybertron. He's like, what what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> 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 it was great. And there you go. That's everything I've watched. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our off the shelf segment, which means it is time for a quick break. And when we return, it will be time for our 2023 predictions. We'll see you in a moment. We love getting feedback. So please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find a link on our website, ForgotMyDice.com. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find us at ForgotMyDice. And of course, you can email us at FMDPodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our website, ForgotMyDice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation. Robert, this, this needs to stop. Listen, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I will not make any deals with you. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Ah. Uh... I'm going to cut his cord. And welcome back for the break. It is now time for our annual predictions episode, which is, of course, a little bit tardy. It's been a crazy year. Robert, I don't know how else to put it. Like, my kids are at that age where there's just so many extracurricular activities. I'm, I'm, I'm outnumbered. Well, you have five. That'll do. I didn't mean to outnumber myself. Oh, you'll get there too, my friend. Well, just wait. I just wait. I you're you're a couple of years away from where I am right now. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll know your pain. Uh, the kids start swim swim classes in early sp- or mid spring, so we'll see how that goes. So predictions, Robert. We've we've got some predictions to make for this year, and we're getting started a little late, but that's that's okay. I think you know. I don't think that we are going to see any massive trending over the first. Well, well, no, you and I, you and I both have at least, well, we both have one that we feel we're already seeing trending on. So we're going to, our plan is we're going to, we're going to talk about those, but, uh, maybe we'll use them as a tiebreaker or cat. I'm not sure what we'll do, or maybe we'll just rant, but, um, cause my, mine is ranty, but, um, yes. So right now we got three. Usually do we, we do four, but, uh, I couldn't come up with a new fourth one at the last minute. Cause it's been, it's been an exciting time in the land of, of gaming for me. So I haven't, I, I have written six. We'll see which ones we move forward with. Well, I only got three. So, uh, anyway, Jonathan, uh, pick your, pick your poison. Uh, we'll, we'll do our new predictions first and then we'll talk about our, our fourth one that, uh, doesn't, doesn't stand up anymore. Uh, now that we are what, 20, 
sorry, 16 days into the, I mean, totally 24 days into the, uh, the month. Cause we didn't record this on the 16th. <laughs> anyway, Jonathan, go. What's your first one? All right. Oh, so, oh, 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 uh, the first I one forgot. I, I forgot. There's a very important thing we already got to do. We got to do, we got to go over the rules, Jonathan. We got to go over the rules first. Oh yes. Yes. Okay. So we got to try to be able to score it somehow. Um, just something that we agree upon. Um, we're going to go on a five point scale for the results, which you'll hear about in the next segment. Um, you can go up to a bonus of a full 10 points if you want to get really, 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 really specific, but you get nada if you, uh, if you, uh, if you lose and, uh, uh, and you can counter with a counter prediction if you so choose. So Jonathan, there we go. Now first. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to choose a couple of the, my predictions are very specific so i'm going to choose one from movies one from video games and one from that games. that was so, kind of what i was trying to do so go yeah all right so this is a global media prediction i think vampires will take on the role as the monster du jour again i think that if we look across all media movies tv video games i think we're going to see the return of the vampire in a big big way this year intriguing because, you know, vampires have kind of been on the, the outs the last few years. We've had a couple of good vampire things. The, um, uh, the Netflix show um, on the island, for crying out loud, what was it called? Uh, Black Midnight Mass. Midnight? Midnight Mass. Or Midnight Mass, yeah, Midnight Mass. Um, so Midnight Mass came out, what was that, a year and a half ago? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And that was vampires. But there haven't been a ton. And, and we've seen... A waning interest in zombies. I've certainly seen a decrease in the number of zombie-related media things. So I think that we're going to see more vampires this year. I think vampires are going to be the most prevalent monster. Intriguing. Of the if year. you eliminate Renfield, how much uh, how much more do you think we're going to get? Because I know Renfield's coming out. So I, I want to know. I you know it's funny that you mentioned that. I hadn't even thought about that. I forgot that that was uh, that I'd sent you that text. Yes. So there's there's Renfield for sure. Okay. But I think that we're going to get. At least, I'd say, three to four movies, one to two video games that focus on vampires, maybe. And just if we look at TV, I think vampires will be making appearances. Okay, that, that, that's too easy. Uh, we, we need some sort of cultural touchstone because just saying vampires come back, people can shotgun out vampires. You could probably find indie games or anything anywhere. Or so, so, so something needs to hit the cultural zeitgeist with a vampire in it. That's not Renfield. Because <laughs> because we know that's coming out, and it's got Nick Cage's Dracula, which is very amusing. So that 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 date is already skewed. Um, so well, I think I think that we'll get major movies. I think no no, no. how how do, how I do don't you, think Renfield. I don't think Renfield's going to be it. I think that there will be how, one of the top ten movies of the year. I want, will be uh will uh, be a vampire. Movie. Okay, yeah. I need I need you to specify how we're gonna how we're gonna do this because <clears throat> if we're being that's what that's what I'm saying, and, and I don't think it's going to be Renfield. I'm saying that one of, one of the top ten grossing films of the year will, will feature vampires. Well, as a, what a, as a how, how are you going to measure the success of like a TV or Netflix show? <sighs> See, that's the thing. It, the measurement is the problem. I, I just tell you what. Tell I you think what. It's tell you clear what. Clear that the last few years, like it, there's just been a, a over indulgence in zombie related projects. Like we had multiple Netflix movies last year with zombies in them and stuff Jonathan, like that. Jonathan, I, I just, Jonathan, dude, am I, am I generally mm. a trustworthy guy? Yeah, absolutely. And you know I'm not going to remember this conversation tomorrow okay. anyway. Okay, if you will allow me to be the barometer, because I will not, I will, I, I will admit when I'm wrong generally. Like, I don't, 
you know, I won't, I won't. I know you will. And that, that's, that's why I said it, it, I'm, it is a barometer reading. It, it, it's going to be us looking at, across media and deciding whether or not we just saw a, an okay. abundance of vampires versus other okay. critters. I'll disagree. I, I, I don't think vampires are back. You don't think Mm-mm. they're back? Oh, man, I think they're back. I, I, I don't think they're back. I can tell you why I don't think they're back. <clears throat> so there, there's this old adage about, like, when, you know, liberals are in charge, vampires come back because of weird liberal sexu- sexuality. And when Republicans are in charge, zombies become a thing because, you know, I don't know, zombies. But but we, the, we we've seen the zombie wane. Uh, in the Trump era, and I, I, I think it's because things are, are shifting around new monsters. And I've got one kind of tied to this, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree. I don't think we'll see a resurgence of vampires. I think I think right. vampires All are right. safe, and they don't reflect what's going on in the modern era. People people want a new monster. I, I'm I'm also of the mind that we we might not see all of the projects released this year, but I think we're gonna see an abundance of vampire related um, announcements as well. Okay, we will see. We will see. I, I have a, a second prediction that I'd written down as a backup, and I'm just throwing this out into the universe mostly because I want it to happen more than than I actually have any kind of like proof that this will happen. I'm hoping that Konami farms out its IPs this year, and its major IP, the one that I miss the most, is Castlevania. We haven't had a Castlevania game in forever. I think that'll have a lot to do with how well the various Silent Hills that they're kind of testing the waters this with do. So we'll see. I, I think Konami's going to farm out their IPs. I think they're going to make a bunch haven't, of announcements. Haven't this they year. already I done it though? Because Silent Hill, they did that already. They've, there's like three Silent Hill games in work. I don't know if that was internally developed or, or farmed uh, out. So, I, I, some of I them were far- have not read a thing. Some, about some that of them game. were indeed farmed I, out. So they were indeed farmed out. So. Okay. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I think Konami's not a stupid company. They want to make money off their IP. I just don't think they're in the business of developing anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well. Whatever. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Castlevania announcement this year. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, either. I, that doesn't. God, universe, hear me, please, hear me. Hear ca- me Castlevania please, doesn't universe. mean vampires. Just because there's a vampire boss, that doesn't mean much. Because there's also a, a very, very, very popular game called Vampire Survivor that has no vampires in it. So there you go. All right, all right. My, my first one. My first one. I've not heard of this game. Vampire Survivors. Holy crap! Yeah. Go go to Steam and pay three bucks for it and start playing it when when we're not on the stream. Because holy sh- holy god. Holy God! That thing is like addictive as all get out. It's like three dollars. Right, made hold by. On, I'm just looking here. It's it's made by. Uh, I think it's on Game Pass. It might be. I don't know. I I don't know if it's on Xbox. It is on Game Pass. Okay, download it and play it. Play it after we're done, and you'll be up to like four a.m. doing it. It's amazing. It's really stupid. It's oh, that's the last thing I need. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. It's like the stupidest stupid stupid. But but you'll love it. Trust me. That goes for all of you. I don't know what that says about me as a person. I, I play the hell out of it too. I, I play the hell of it. I, like I, I hurt my butt on my, on my chair, on my Mac playing it. Like it, it's, it's, it sucks. Anyway. Okay. It's a good game. It's, it's, it's very clever for what it is. Okay. My first prediction, my first prediction, <clears throat> Star Trek Picard season three will not suck. They're going to finally buck their trend. All they got to do is give oh, us. Man, I, I want this one to come, come true. Like all, I want you to win this. All really, they got to really do, do is give us a solid hit of nostalgia and it will be fine to judge this i think uh we will see i was trying to see if you could do metacritic by um by season and i couldn't figure out a way to do it and maybe i just don't know how to metacritic hard enough but uh i think we'll see the metacritic score after season three go up by a couple of percentage points uh just you know as people put reviews in of the third season um 
I don't, I don't, I don't know Metacritic very well, so I don't know what's feasible if, if the last season's good. So I, I will be conservative and go with 3%. Okay. Do you agree or disagree? 3%. Man, that's tough. Cause I don't want to disagree because I really want this to be true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you should be able to do Metacritic by season. I, I'm sure you I can. couldn't figure it out when I was fooling around with it. Gavin, I, I was not trying very hard. Let me see here. Okay, there is a way that you can do this. If you go into Metacritic and go to a TV show, there's a button as you slide down a little bit that says see all seasons and episodes. Uh, <laughs> there we go. And that breaks it down by season. Okay. Because uh, I'm looking at a show called Hunters, and season one had a 54, and season two had a 68. So season one had a 76, and season two had a 69. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go with uh, I'll go with it at least match season one then, so seventy six. Mm, so you think it'll match season one yes. with a seventy six? I am going to say I'm going to counter it. I'm going to say that it's going to beat season one. Okay, well that's my prediction. So uh, how about how, I'm going to go up then? I think it'll beat season one, and it will be at least a seventy eight. Ooh, that's very specific. So 78 or above is how, how you win? Yes. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. We'll see. All right. That's that's right. that's a big order. That's a big order. All right. Is that worth 10 points because I got specific? No, I think that's pretty specific. I think it's worth 10 points. I'm comfortable with that. All right. What is your number two then, Jonathan? Let me open my notepad here. Um, okay, so I think... That at some point in the year, Nintendo will announce a new console. I don't think it's going to come out this year. I don't think there's a prayer of that. But I do think that it will be announced to the world. And I think it will be handheld, primarily. Oh. Just like, just like the, um, the Switch is primarily handheld focus. I disagree with that, because I play it in the cradle all the time, primarily, so... Well, okay. but I'm saying I, if, if you're saying the if design, it's what, what, regardless of how you play it, I'm saying that the design from the ground up is very clearly this is a portable system. They want people taking it places with them. Well, yeah, they they want to switch. Well, that's because they wanted to combine their. Uh, okay, let me let me. How about this? Will it be backward compatible with the Switch? Yes, absolutely. And I think it. I don't know if I want to make this part of this pr- prediction, but my gut tells me that it will be a a evolution of the Switch that will be backwards compatible, but I don't think that it will, um, I think it will be a new console. It's not like it will be like a switch pro. I think this will be like a whole new console that can play all the old switch stuff and has a lot of similarities to the switch, just an evolution. So let me ask you a question. So first they came out with the two DS and then they came out with three DS and three DS games could not play on the two DS. So are, are you saying something like that? Like, yes, it'll be an evolution like that. Exactly like that. Okay. I agree. But three DS <laughs> could, could, um, totally play all the two DS games. I, I completely agree with that. And I think they're going to aim for 24 as the release date. I completely agree with that. Do you, do you want to go higher? Do you, do you want to, do you want to get more I'm specific? I'm trying to think of how I could get more specific. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think that's a pretty safe bet. So you think the this year is the year too? Because like here's the interesting thing. Like if you go and look at publicly available data, like switch sales aren't slowing down. 
So it's they it's are kind of shoot. They are. They started. Oh, are to, they? Yeah, they started to slow down this Christmas a little bit. Oh no, kidding! I a little seen bit. A little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your favorite. Your favorite Inside Games was talking about that actually. I watched that episode. Oh, I I do like that show. Um, I did not see that episode yet. When did that? Not, uh, pretty recently. It it wasn't like a ton. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't a ton. It, it but it was just like things are it, it looks like the the wave of that has crested a little bit but then again everybody's sales are down because post pandemic so who the hell knows but yeah that's a good point that's a good point but i i think you're right i think how about i, I think you're right just simply because the switch is like gosh like eight or nine years old it's it's pretty old for a console and i don't think it's that old is it yeah it is it's it's old. It, my store was open when it came out god was it yeah i remember that uh two, 2017 so it's five okay well it's still it'll it'll be six it'll be six in march march 3rd 2017 was the uh, release date anyway i completely agree with you i mean there's been rumblings forever about a high def switch at the very least and i i think that 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 high def switch i think that high def switch is probably going to be canceled i do not think it will be a, a switch pro i think this will be a, a an evolution right 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 i i i I, I, even if they call it the Switch 2, I, I will define it as if it's backward compatible, but you can't play Switch 2 games on the Switch, that, that, is, that means it's a new console. Okay. I think they will announce it with a new Mario game. I think they will lead off with a new Mario game. Well, they always game. lead off. for specificity? No, nah, that's, that's too easy. They always lead off with Mario games. It's very rare that they don't. So, no, I completely agree with that. I think, I think they're going to talk about it this year. I honestly think Tears of the Kingdom is the game they wanted because they always kind of go out on Zelda game and I think they wanted to, but because of the pandemic, they, they pushed that off. I agree with that in, in its entirety. <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised if their original intent was to announce this year or yet in 22 and release in 23. Yeah, yeah, with Tears of the Kingdom. I, I am not, yeah. yeah, so. No, I agree. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go one further and I think that it will retain the phone architecture that it's it's using now with an arm process duh duh I yeah it, i agree with that yeah okay well at least we're in agreement yeah yeah but i i yeah i think it'll be a a, a 2024 release okay i think i'm 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 hoping too i want to throw that out in the universe because i i've found the switch to actually be quite uh, lovely yeah yeah it's starting to show its age a little bit but yeah yeah so no i agree oh it's I mean, let's face it, it was starting to show its age on day one. Like, it's a glorified phone, but that's it works. It works really, really well. And Nintendo's magic works regardless of what you put it on. But it's really weird because I was playing Zelda uh, not too long ago, and I was looking at it, I'm like, wow, you know, this frame rate's really inconsistent. Like, this is pushing the hardware pretty hard, and this came out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So the D&D... Mo- is that specific enough for 10 points, by the way? Uh, I forgot to ask. Uh, I'm agreeing with you the whole way, so sure. <laughs> we'll, okay. we're, we're marching the same way anyway, so it's a wash either way. Um, all right, my number two. Uh, the Dungeons & Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves, is finally going to come out. I am going to go with... It's going to be a modest hit with at least a like a 60 or so on Metacritic. And uh, it will at least make its budget back. It may not be like a surprise smash hit where it makes all the money and people are dancing in it, you know, but it'll be like one of those where like kind of Shazam was in the range of will they make a sequel? It made its money, but maybe, (laughs) you know, that that range. Okay, okay, okay. Let me do a little research here because I do not know what its um, budget was or is, I should say. I do not. So it's coming out in March, which is... Interesting. It's going to have a debut at South by Southwest in early March. So it's getting pretty pimped. That one sheet is not great. That one sheet is not great. That looks not great. 
Well, whatever. Poster's a post. Have you seen the one sheet? I've seen oh the one God. sheet. It's bad. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's not good. Uh, let's see here. Who directed it? Uh, uh, the guys who did Vacation and the one dude who was Sweets on Bones. What, uh, Jonathan Goldman and John Francis Daly. Oh, he directed it? Yeah, they directed it. Game Night Guys. Yeah, they directed it. It's gonna it's gonna be a comedy like a game night was game night was decent. It was decent. I, I like surprisingly decent. I like vacation honestly too. I, I thought that was a decent enough comedy. Hmm. Chris Pine's tasty. Uh, uh, he's got some 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 pull. I think. Like I said, I think it's gonna be a modest, so modest, it's modest hit. Yes, I don't think it's gonna be a smash. I think it's gonna be a modest hit. It's gonna be in that like like yeah Shazam range where it makes enough money where it's like, are they gonna make a sequel? Question mark. Are they not? Like, like, yeah, like it didn't, it's not going to break the bank. So they're like, yeah, we're making a sequel right away. It's going to be like, but it made its money. It's going to make its money back. It's not going to be a a thud. I do not see anything about the budget on Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know what the budget was. That's, that's, that's an important aspect of this, you know? Yeah. They usually don't release that right away. Because if it if it's a hundred and fifty million dollar movie, that's that's going to be a tough uh, tough one to get. But if it was like a thirty or forty million, oh this might oh this oh wow. What uh, what do you oh wow? Uh, it, it's only forty five million. Oh, that's that's not that's pretty easy. That's pretty okay. Okay, how about this? I'll go with Shazam money then. Okay, what was what was Shazam's uh, pull? Pull versus budget, I should say. Its budget was 80 to 100 million and it made 366. That's, I mean, like. Again, again, like. The the basic math is uh, you you take the budget, you double it. Doubling it gives you the the marketing cost as well. Okay. And that is. I'm I'm, I'm drilling down and I I didn't realize it was made so cheap. So I'm drilling down into uh, the, the number total. I think I think it will do around Shazam money, which is 366 million. Like it, oh, so that would make it a huge hit. No, I, okay, it'll it'll put it in sequel territory, but that won't make it a huge hit. I mean, huge hits these days get close to a billion dollars, like Spider-Man and stuff. I don't think it'll be... No, but I mean, from a math perspective, you, you figure your break-even point's 90 that's million. That's still if you're a taking modest... That's Pop culturally, that's, that's, pop culturally, you got to make a ton of money. This isn't going to be Marvel movie money. This is going to be... Like, 366 million is not Marvel movie money. Like, those make $800 million all the time. Okay, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna disagree. I don't think it makes 360 million. I think that it's gonna have legs, especially on home video, but I don't think it'll make 360 million box office. Right. So I'm gonna disagree with All you. All right. All right. Fair enough. Boom. I hope I'm wrong. All right. You're number three. All right. My number three. Let me get my thing back open here. By the way, God, 45 million. Good for them. That's that's not. Yeah. That's well, a, well, that's, we, they're gonna make money. Well, with recent developments, I I think they're not gonna make as much money as they could have, but whatever. <sighs> oh well, <laughs> it's not their fault. Well, it's not the movie's fault, but it's it's the it's tied to that brand. It's tied to that brand. You know, Jonathan, I I went to a game store today and I saw D and D stuff on the shelf, and you know what happened when I looked at it? I got sad. I got sad. That that's where my headspace is right now. Who was that that show? Uh, uh, Fox had it with the uh, the kid from Dawson's Creek, and uh, it was like X Files. Uh, I don't know. God damn it. It was a whole thing. J.J. Abrams made it. It was, you know. The, oh, they Fringe? Were, the fringe, yeah. What about it? Why is that sad? Oh, just, no. A, a buddy of mine texted me that, why do all you bald people look the same? If you didn't wear a hat, I wouldn't be able to pick you out in a crowd. And I laughed and I, I said, I'm just here watching events, man. 
deep, deep fringe cut there. Okay. Um, all right. So number three, number three, I think Marvel's going to get a CCG this year. A CCG. Oh, collectible card game. Yes. With not an LCG, a CCG. Cause there's already the Marvel champions LCG and it's doing real well. And I think it's going to get it because of the popularity of Marvel snap on the phones. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Marvel snap, like physical, uh, variation. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> all right simple enough simple enough yeah yeah all right all right so uh my number three and i'm going with announcement not necessarily publishing but i'm definitely thinking that they're going to announce it. oh that's different that's a timetable that that i think is workable by the end of the year if they announce it if they announce it, it see here's the thing the 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 trade shows are are mid to late so in the year so that's why i don't know that if it'll if it'll make it out this year i think it might be announced that changes the math a little bit because I could see them announce. Duffman says a lot of things. I could see them announcing a ton of stuff. Are you willing to die on the hill that you think it's a Marvel Snap CCG? No, I'm not because that gets a little sticky from a legal perspective. All right, all right. Hmm. Just knowing the way a lot of these things work. Uh, I might agree with that then. I could see that happening actually. If you said out this year, I'm like, oh, we probably would have heard about it by now, actually. But oh, yeah, if it was going to be out this year, I th- we would have heard about it. Uh, absolutely. We would have heard about it at, at Gen Con and stuff last year. I, I think that's I would say it's going to be a major trade show announcement this year. And who knows? Maybe all the trade shows will go by. It won't get announced. And that'll be that. <laughs> maybe I'm a year early again. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll still disagree. All right. Fair enough. It's the CCG. I think that's I think that's where it's going to lose it. All right. My number three. Uh, so 2023 was actually a bad year for franchises. A lot of franchises didn't seem to be making the money they could. Now it's COVID and blah, blah, blah. But there, there seemed to be a lot of franchise fatigue. That was kind of the gist yeah. I was getting. All right. So I think there will be a movie and it will be something new and unexpected. And it, it, this, is, this is kind of with your, your, your vampire thing, I guess. But uh, th- 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 that's what I was referencing. But yes, we are going to get some some new IP that is going to unexpectedly hit hard and become very culturally relevant by the end of the year. And it'll be something completely new, like something, not, not a riff, not a whatever. It'll be just some random movie that could in theory have a sequel, but they weren't thinking it would. And it'll, it'll just be, it'll hit huge, much huger than expected. Hmm. I need more specificity. Oh, okay. When I say new, I- very broad. When I say they, when I, I like, say new IP, when I say new IP, I do not mean like the Dungeons and Dragons movie because it, it hasn't had a previous movie. I mean something unheard of. Like it'll be it'll be new. It'll be an entirely new IP. It'll be a film and it will hit big, a lot bigger than people are expecting. Like it'll be okay. It'll be a monster. So you're thinking of a film, not a TV show. Yeah, yeah. And and we're we're allowing streaming films to to count towards this. Uh, sure. If I could figure out how they made, how much money they made, but, uh, yeah, like I, I, well, I mean, like it's pretty easy to know when it's, when it's streaming, when something streaming, it it hits because it's, you know, it enters the cultural zeitgeist. I'm looking at you squid games like that. Squid games are a perfect example. Yeah. You know, that came out, it entered the zeitgeist. People were making memes about it. You know, it was very easy to see that that was. Okay. And I will go further. And because I mean, I guess they're making squid game too, but squid game was a very self-contained story. And I don't know how they're going to make a squid game too, besides just sort of making it again. But, um, yeah, I think this will be a new IP and it will launch a new franchise and it'll be something that nobody expected to launch a franchise because people just want something oh, okay. different and new. 
Are you saying that they're they're going to announce? No, it won't. Uh, that they're continuing the franchise. I think because whatever it you is, you can't say that it, it it launches a new franchise unless there's an. Whatever it is, will do so well, so unexpectedly that yes, they will say we're definitely making. They'll, they'll make an announcement like we're working on a, a show. Yeah, yeah. We're on this. Like like a new one will get fast tracked. Like that'll that'll be the buzz. Like yeah, this new thing got fast tracked. They're trying to make it as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, like I, it's hard to disagree with you on that. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, yeah, I, there's always something like that every year. It feels like I. <sighs> Yeah, but not much of it sticks. Okay, I'll go. Sometimes, sometimes it even happens within a franchise. Like think of the way Mandalorian. Right, 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 right. But th- this Wars. will not be in a franchise. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, I'm d- d- as an example. All right, I, I will. I will. I will hang my hat on this. I think it'll. I think that movie will make a billion dollars. <laughs> a bill? Okay. Yeah, we're All we're right. talking we're talking big hit here. So now, now, now you're talking theatrical release versus streaming. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Theatrical release. Okay. Unexpected billion that, dollars. Unexpected billion dollars. I, I, I said I said Marvel, so that was already in the eight hundred million dollar range. That was that was what I meant. So I'll go two hundred billion above that. All right, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think that I, I've not. I can't think of anything on the horizon, but maybe it just hasn't been announced yet. So I I hope I'm wrong about this one. I'm going to say I disagree. Okay. All right, Jonathan. So what's the one that we're wishy washy about <laughs> that we think already happened? The, like I okay, so it's it's weird. I haven't I haven't been keeping up with news very much lately, very specifically because I didn't want to like I I knew that this episode had been delayed and I didn't want to accidentally color my judgment there. I, I I had written down that Avatar becomes Avatar two becomes the new number one movie of all time, which is a a tall order. I have no idea how it's been doing. But uh, there's so much data available out there already. It feels like that might be a compromised prediction. That's that's where I, I sat. All right. Here's the thing. Titanic came out. I saw it on day one and I was like, oh, OK, you know, like it was it was good. It was enjoyable. The special effects were jaw dropping. Never in a million years did I think that that would be a, a, a billion dollar movie. Then Avatar came out and I went and saw it in theaters in 3D. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I bet this will make a lot of money. But never did I think it would be the number one movie uh, of all Okay, time. so this is where we're at. I, this I, is where I we're have at. learned that, that James Cameron is a force of nature, and he is in touch with humanity in a way that I apparently am not. And I am now betting on, on his ability, even though in my head, I don't think it, it, the Avatar franchise deserves that kind of fandom. Um, I think they're competent movies. They're good movies, but you know, Jonathan, they're not do you want, like do you want to hear how, do you want to hear how much Avatar has made so far? Oh, is it stupid? Is it gross? $1.9 billion. It is current. Holy sh- Are you kidding me? Not at all. It is currently the seventh highest grossing movie of all time. It's already at 2 billion. Almost 2 like, billion. I think it's going to have legs like stupid legs. All right, let's, well, I can look at its legs because we live in the future. I like that's the thing about Cameron. Like his movies always have legs. I don't understand how he does it. Yeah, it made another twenty-four million dollars this past weekend, and it holy crap! It made thirty-three, and it's been out for a while, right? Yeah, I made thirty-three before that last weekend. What, what's ahead of it right now? It's going to beat Spider-Man No Way Home the, uh, next weekend for sure, because uh, that's only thirteen million ahead of it. So wow, it's already chasing Spider-Man. Oh yeah, I just opened up. So currently the top the, the IMDb the top 10 are Avatar So it's got to make another billion to to, to hit Yeah, I, Avatar 1. I I I don't think you're going to hit it but with the data we have already like yeah that's already pretty much been answered. Yeah, but see Avatar they had re-releases and 
like remember it was in theaters for like a year well yeah and and it had a re-release to get it above uh end game because okay so number one's avatar with 2.9 or, or so what was what was there what was avatar's original i release before the i don't remember but i i i remember end game barely beat it and then and then they re-released it and it, they got it back over the hump. all right so so to be more specific my thought was i didn't realize that avatar had been re-released to push it over Endgame. i thought it had been usurped by Endgame. i i think it's gonna beat Endgame. is is what my thought is okay i and the reason i'm being so specific with that is because I think, you know, in another few years, maybe it gets a re-release and it does eventually overtake number one. I, I just, I didn't realize that Avatar had, had taken that back. I thought it had lost it. All right. Well, uh, for what it's worth, I'll disagree with you because I, I, at this point, looking at it right now, there's no way it'll catch up, but uh, it doesn't really matter. It's already compromised and I've already been following this. So I, I, I knew it would, I knew it had cracked the top 10 before I looked at this list. So I had no idea it had made that much money. Jesus. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That is that is an ungodly amount of money. I uh, know, I uh, know. All right, <clears throat> you want to hear mine? That's uh, that's kind of already done. Yeah. All right. So I wrote this. I wrote this. Um, I actually wrote this down before everything started hitting the fan on the twenty third. Um, oh, you're talking about the Watsi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What a cluster. Yeah. Expletive. Expletive. So. so. Uh, in the post-COVID world, 2021 had nine, nine tabletop RPG Kickstarters that re- reached over a million dollars on Kickstarter. 2020, wow. 2022, on the other hand, had four. And I was going to say we were going to get, uh, uh, I was going to start at three uh, this year. Uh, but but here's the thing. It's invalid already. I'm going to win because so many people have canceled stuff because of the OGL nonsense. And I be- if, if I remember correctly... In 2022, I think it was like of the nine that made over a million dollars, like six or like over half were 5e. <laughs> it was a lot. And so when you take those out of the equation, I think it's going to because no everybody's canceling stuff right now. So, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of cancellations. And then like I sent you the other day, it seems that Watsi's like marching back away from it, but it's too late, man. They piss people off. Well, and they're marching back away from it, but they, they haven't said publicly out loud the... OGL 1.0 a cannot be revoked. And so because, because they're still, I thought they had one. No, 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 no. They walked back that they're not going to go so hard on the OGL 2.0. They, they released a statement that was like, it was just a draft. You know, we were just trying to get feedback. It's like you, okay, first off that that's like, okay, I'm going to cuss. I don't care. That's a lie because on the 23rd, when the start, the, the started hitting the fan, they, um, made a, the top 20 uh, uh, open gaming publishers sign NDAs and then get them into a meeting and try to strong arm them into signing something. And since they were so cool, they'd only have to pay 15% royalties instead of 25. And that happened before the end of the year, which I didn't know about. I started hearing rumblings on the 23rd that, that something was up. But um, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just been a, a poop show and it's gonna, it's gonna kill the tabletop RPG Kickstarter market, I believe. And and I, I I I may be wrong. I may be wrong. Like there there still might be the three, but th- I was going to start with three, and I was gonna I was willing to go down to two, but that was that was as far as I was willing to go. We were going to have less than this year, which was four. I think that's a sure thing at this point. Like it's a hundred percent a sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll tell you what. If we need a tiebreaker, <laughs> we'll see where we land on that. But I don't know. How- I think we both floated enough alternates that that we have a uh, we have tiebreakers rolling around out there yeah yeah but yeah that that, i that was me predicting the future yeah because i 
I made this list literally the day after we recorded our last episode, which was over a month ago at this point. So it was in mid. Are you saying that corporate greed is taking a good thing away from us? Uh, Surely I not. Know. That never happens. I know. Never. <sighs> never ever happens. Oh God. I, I literally, if you couldn't record tonight, I was going to just record a screed on all this nonsense. Like that was just, <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's it. Let's, let's move on to the next segment and do our, our new predictions for next, uh, or our results, our results. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we will look back at 2022 and see which of us has triumphed in our visions of the future, which is now the past. Woo. I think I just broke my own head. Uh, All right. We will come back in just a moment after I remember where I put the rest of my IQ points. (laughs) Do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. And welcome back from the break. So, we've talked about what we've been doing. We've talked about what we see in our future. Let's now turn our gaze into the past. How did 2022 treat our predictions, Robert? And to be 100% honest with you, I don't even remember what the hell we talked about. So this should be interesting on more than one occasion. So I I, I went through it and I did it. I think I'm going to lose basically because of one. Yeah, it was well, a don't, weird don't year. Don't spoil it. it. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. That's my prediction of the prediction. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's dive in. So the rules again, we got to be able to score it. We have a five point scale. If we want to get really specific, we can go for 10 points, but we have to be 100% spot on and we can counter. All right, Jonathan round one. You said formula rules are changing next year. This will not change F1 and passing. Wait, so, so read the prediction again. This will not change F1. And passing and driving near each other will still be difficult. Basically, like, uh, the, the, this yeah, won't magically... No, I was totally wrong. <laughs> I botched the, the hell out of it. Like, it, this year was amazing. I think there were 38% more overtakes across the season, if, if I remember the, the stat correctly. It was some ungodly number. Like, it really... Now, mind you, and this is where it gets a little tricky, Robert, it was very track-specific because some tracks... It did not fix. In fact, some tracks actually became more boring. The downside to these cars is that they are freaking ginormous. And so some of the street tracks, uh, like especially um, Monaco, like it's almost impossible to, to get a pass off just simply because there's just not room on the streets for the two cars to run abreast and, and for one to pass the other. There were very few passes at Monaco. But generally speaking, especially on the dedicated racetracks that are that, that are uh, you know built exclusively for this for that, it was an amazing year, just amazing. So this was a ten pointer. We agreed on it. So you already lost. But were was there a surprise team that overperformed? Let's see. Um, yeah, there were a couple. I mean, you already lost. This is this is just no, no, no. I know, here. but I'm just I want to make I I want to make sure I'm I'm saying the right thing here because I mean like one team that really fixed uh, uh some of their problems and that is not to say that uh they're out of the woods yet because they got a long way to go but uh, the haas team which is the only american team on the grid they were able to really take a, a huge step forward they went from i think they had zero or one point uh the previous season oh, let me double check because i'm bringing it up right now uh in 2021 the haas team had no points 
And in 2022, they managed to, uh, and they were in 10th place of, of 10 teams. In 2022, they were in 8th place with 37 points. That is a huge improvement. Uh, the other folks that were kind of punching above their weight class, um, I didn't expect Ferrari to do nearly as well this year as they did. Um, they came out of the block strong. They were not able to really make a push for the championship, but they were a lot more competitive than I think anybody, anybody saw coming. Uh, and the other real strong overperformer was Alfa Romeo. Uh, Alfa Romeo was ninth in 2021, and they pushed all the way up to sixth place uh, in 2022. They had 55 points this year, and the previous year they had uh, only 13 points. So, yeah, I'd say that the the overperformers were were there. There were two teams that really kind of made the most of the rules change. And looking at it across the season, it's not to say that things were consistent, because they weren't. Alfa Romeo was very inconsistent. They had a really good start to the year, then almost no points in the middle of the year, and then they managed to snag a couple at the end. Um, And Haas was the exact opposite. They scored almost all their points uh, in the very beginning of the season, and then they had a really strong push right after the summer break, and then they fell off again. And that's really tied to um, the fact that they couldn't afford to, to develop the car more. It'll be interesting in 2023 because Haas now have a title sponsor, which is something that they've been lacking the last few seasons. And this is going to allow them to push all the way up to the, the maximum amount of the budget cap. Hopefully that means they'll be able to, to you know, keep evolving their car as the season goes. Through. There's some big losers this year. Alpha Tari was in sixth place in 2021, and they were rocked all the way back down to ninth place. Uh, and instead of the 142 points they had the previous season, they only managed 35 this year. That was a tractor of a car. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. I am. And I can I just come right out and say, this is the thing that I am most excited to have been wrong about because, oh my gosh, not in a million years did I think the rules change would, would impact this effectively. It was a brilliant change of the rules. Absolutely brilliant. All right. Well, guess what? I agreed. So we both get no points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number one. D&D one is out in 2024, but a stated design goal will be to fix 12 plus play by the end of the year. Jonathan, you disagreed. Yeah, no, that was never going to happen. So, nope, they're focusing on a class-by-class basis and uh, resorting out various keywords, but high-level play has not come up. And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to be paying attention to that anymore because I won't be filling out those surveys because, yeah, do it yourselves now, apparently. That's how they want to do it. Fine. Do it yourself, jerks. So I score no points. Uh, I did not go for a 10-pointer there, so you get five and I get zero. All right, Jonathan, round two. So uh, one of us is finally on the board, huh? Yes. Round two. Marvel movies will lose some steam this year, not via money, but user reviews on Metacritic. <sighs> yeah. Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It will go down 5% from this year's average, including TV series. I disagreed. So I went and did the math on this. God, thank you for doing that. Uh, 2021 Metacritic average score, Black Widow 6, Shang-Chi 7-1, Eternal 6-2, Spider-Man. Oh, no- my, hold on. So we have to be careful here because that is obviously a review Shh, bomb. Black Widow Jonathan. wasn't great, but it wasn't a 6. Shh, Jonathan, let me continue. Okay. Spider-Man No Way Home 8-5, WandaVision 7, The Falcon Winter Soldier 5.6, Wa- Loki 7-2, What If 6-8, Hawkeye 5-6, average 6.6 repeating. Okay. 
2022 Moon Knight 7 Miss Marvel 3.1 well Oof. below the critic of 7.8 which we already agreed to remove those weird outliers because of the chuds on the internet. Yeah. She-Hulk yeah, I think two, that one really got chudded. 2.4 well below its critic of 6.7 She-Hulk. Oh man, I still haven't watched. It. I need to watch that. I haven't I tried. I removed that one too. Doctor because that was part of the condition if chuds yeah. screw it up we we remove it from the average. Uh, Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness, 5-9. Thor, Love and Thunder, 4-8. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, 5-4. Average, 4.88. Average with the review bombs dropped, 5.775. Well below the 5% that you thought it would do. Well below. So you... So I was right? You were right. Yeah. I, I, I'm loath to admit the fact that I have definitely started to cool on Marvel movies too. I disagreed with you. So I realized I probably should have gone lower than 5%, but whatever. Cause yes. Anyway, regardless, still 6.6 repeating that take 5% would be a six one and we're at a 5.75 on the best case scenario. So yeah, well below it. Mine. So this is this is our weird one. This is our weird one. This one's a wash, actually, Jonathan. This one cannot be done because the D and D movie will feel meta and not be good fantasy. It feels like watching D and D on D. Uh, feels like watching D and D on play, playing D and D will be near the wheel of time. A Metacritic, and the movie doesn't whatever wash because the movie got delayed, <laughs> much like every D and D session, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't come out till this year. Now it was supposed to come out last year, but it got delayed until the beginning of this year. So wash, we can't, uh, we can't score that one. Uh, you disagreed, but time will tell how that actually shakes out. But I, I kind of reversed my, my thing on that. Cause I was feeling hopeful about D and D when I wrote these predictions. <laughs> oh, we live in the darkest timeline. So there you go. Zero and zero. So Jonathan, you are still ahead. All right. I'll, I'll take the win where I can get it. <laughs> Round three, Jonathan. A board game will eclipse $12 million on Kickstarter, and it will be a fantasy game. Results. Mm. Big nope. Frosthaven yeah. made $12.9 million. The biggest board game of 2022 was Marvel Zombies, a zombicide game, with $9 million. That was just <sighs> the biggest game in general. Unfortunately, Jonathan, I agreed. We both get no points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I might be wrong, but at least I'm really good at baiting. My round three. House of the Dragon will last one season to be canceled. People no. are over the Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, as it turns out, they're right back in. Yep. Jonathan disagreed. Jonathan gets five points. I get none. <laughs> I'm cleaning up on on on, yeah. on disagreeing with you. This is this yeah. is where I'm making my, my, my points this year. House of the Dragon was quickly renewed two, just two days after its premiere. <laughs> all right jonathan round four Fan fantasy flight games will drop a new app driven game it will be a new game in a completely new property and not have a design lineage it cannot be a reskin of a game in another universe so like if they made basically like uh, you know like um uh, uh mansions of madness but they called it like star bases of scariness star wars star bases or something it'd have to be a new completely new game that that has new mechanics uh i couldn't find an app game that fantasy flight games released last year i looked uh, uh I, yeah i don't think they did i wasn't able i can't think of one either this is where i get to catch up with you uh i i i said no and you said yeah 
And I, I, I narrowed you down really specifically. So, uh, yeah, I get 10 points for that because I was right. <laughs> I'm just looking here at their 2022 releases. Uh, I, I, I couldn't find one. I went all over that list. I mean, they, they have a list somewhere of all their games that have apps and not, it hasn't. Yeah, there's nothing on it that's new. I'm just looking here. I don't think there was off the top of my head. They did some expansions for Lord of the Rings, which is app based. There's a new Star Wars deck building game coming, which I am very excited about. Not app driven and not out yet, so it doesn't nope, count. Not app driven. No. Nope. Uh, they're doing a bunch of stuff with Descent, but again, that's been out. Yeah, no, I'm not seeing anything either. So I get ten points, and you get nothing. Oh. My final round. Stop me if you've heard this one before. A board game on Kickstarter will eclipse twelve million dollars, and it will be a fantasy game. <laughs> I had the same thing as your number three and I agreed uh, and that's why I agreed with it. And thus we both get no points again, which leaves us at the end of the day, Jonathan, you had 15 points and I had 10. Woo. That was a close one. Yep. 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 Yeah. I told you it was one thing. I lost. So on what does what that, what does that put us, uh, put us at for the total duration of the podcast? Uh, I think this is our s- s- 2016, so this would be like, what, our uh, sixth one? Yes, I think so. Uh, I've won one uh, after 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 much judging and, and reversing later about the la- uh, that Star Wars failed to stick the landing. Uh, uh, but uh, I've won one, and you have won the remainder. So however many we've done, we've either done six, five or six. So. so it's either four to one or five to one? Yes. So I'm definitely still the most in touch with the future but not by much it's starting to i feel like you're you're catching up on me i don't i'm not feeling confident about my predictions this year i gotta tell you yeah no it's gonna be a weird year you know it never occurred to me that um post-covid would have its own kind of shakeups and weirdness because part of the reason i was i i initially did the prediction that there'd be less kickstarters is just because i've noticed just just in general like there haven't been a lot like there have been a lot of releases of, of games on Kickstarter like role playing games and uh, I uh, they actually did an episode of Ken and Robin talk about stuff where they talked about it recently which is like there's been this like post covid burnout like just a lot of freelancers have been flaking and you know and not even letting themselves be hired because they're just you know because you know people are like oh we need to save you know save the company you know covid scariness like a lot of people in the the tabletop industry apparently like went full out <laughs> to try to, you know, and it's like, I'm at home now. I can, I can work more freelancing gigs and whatnot. And then, um, a lot of people have been reporting in the games industry that they're kind of burned out right now, you know, just some post COVID stuff, but yeah, it's been affecting like everything. Everything's just slowed down. And I, and I feel the same thing's been happening with board games too. It feels like there aren't it's every industry. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been going to, uh, I went to, I went to the, both of my local game stores in the last couple of days and I thought the one closer to me, which is a smaller store, um, it, it's shelves were pretty bare. And I thought that was just a post Christmas thing. But um, the the bigger game store near me, its shelves were pretty bare considering, you know, like usually they're packed, they're packed tight. And there was a lot of front facing and even gaps between that. So it's just like, yeah, there's just not as much stuff out. And like, God, like, so I, I have a good target and a bad target near me. Well, the bad target's closer to me. So yeah, but the bad target, like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's because of shrink or whatever, but they usually don't put more than one of anything on a shelf typically unless it sells really good. 
and then the good targets the same way. But both of those, like the, the board game area was just, just bare. It was bizarre, like bare, you know, and it's not like there's shortages of, of, oh, maybe there is, maybe this is that, that shortage stuff, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird. It's weird, weird time, weird times, but who would have thought that, you know? I, mean, I, I was kind of feeling it, but I, I, I couldn't articulate it. But no. this this tale of of COVID has been fascinating and terrifying at the same time. You like, know, everything is so unsettled. It's just impossible to determine where everything is going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say this. There's a lot of people that think like The Walking Dead could happen at any time and that, you know, we are but a mere stone's throw away from society completely collapsing. Say what you will, society has been around for, you know, at least the time of ancient Babylon and it's still going strong and maybe it's more robust than people think because, you know, we've had, we've, you know, we, we had the, the Trump era, you know, capped off with the COVID era, you know, and now we're, we're, are where we're at and things are still chugging along, you know, I mean, yeah, things are disrupted, but like, you know, that didn't end the world. So I mean, we'll see if this Ukraine business does, but yeah, society's pretty resilient. It's all my, that's the thing people got to remember. I don't think we're a stone's throw away from, I, I, I think if the zombie apocalypse actually happened, it would not shake out like it does in the movies. It just wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you want to, you want to know why you want to know why? Cause like I, I, I haven't given, I haven't seen a ton of episodes of the walking dead, but in a lot of the early episodes, cause I watched some of them, um, you know, they would encounter somebody out in the wild and it's like, Oh, take me with you. Help me. And they'd say like, no, you're just going to drain our resources or something. But it's like, you know, nobody's an Island. Like what if that guy, you passed on the side of the road and said, no, we're not going to take you. What if that dude was a doctor and you, f- you freaking break your leg and he could have said it for you. And now you're just going to freaking die because no one knows how to fix your leg correctly. Or you're going to walk with a limp for the rest of time. You know, like that's not how things work. <laughs> Like people have specialized knowledge and you can't just, people are resources. You can't just turn them down because they might know something or how to do something that you don't. And, you know, they can bring that to the table. And even if they can't do anything particularly useful, you know, just having somebody who can carry crap is, is always good. Cause you know, if you need to pack up supplies real quick, having one more person to throw crap in the van helps. I don't know. Yep. Anyway. Every time I, I, I think I, I get kind of depressed about things, I always remember that, you know, society's had ups and downs, but it's chugged along for many, many, many years now, thousands of years. So it's not going anywhere. It doesn't mean it's not changing, though. I, it, I, I don't. I, I would never say that. It's always changing. But and 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 even though it doesn't feel that way in general, society is much better right now, even with our possible steps back than it has ever been like people talk about how much crime has gone up, but like somebody, somebody showed it on a graph. It's like, yes, crime is up, but compared to what crime was, I don't know, in the late seventies and the eighties, we are still way down, like way, way down from what it was back then. So, you know, like it's given, you know, when you're at 2% crime and you go to like 3% crime or whatever it's at, that that's a pretty big jump, but it's not like, you know, the, you know, the 10 to 15 or whatever. I don't know what metric it was looking at, but still, yeah, it's just, you're right though. It is a time of uncertainty, but society is robust. Just have some faith in that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't know how I got on that tear, but I did. (laughs) It wasn't even about the OGL. I'm proud of myself. I I am proud of myself. It wasn't about the OGL. Was that, is that it for the episode? That's it for the episode We're we're done. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 137 of the Forgot My Dice podcast, or if I had been reading the script, episode XX. 
<laughs> we need to add another X in there, not because it would be funny, but because it would represent the fact that we are now in triple digits. There you go. Once again, join us on all of our digital domains. We would love to hear from you. Discord is, of course, probably the most active these days. Um, and uh, yeah, we would love, love, love to hear from you. Which leaves us with just one last thing, Robert. Any final thoughts? Yeah, if there's any third-party, fifth-edition OGL content that you've been after, I'd buy it right now. Right now. Because it probably will not get reprinted. So, yeah. There's something you've had an eye on, campaign setting. I've had my eye on Kobold Press's The Southlands forever. I uh, I should just go pick that up from my game store because it's going away, which is sad. Well played, Watsy. Well played. But on brighter and better things... Uh, 23 minutes later. I'm going to cut most of this out because it's negative. We, I need to come up with a positive to end the show on. I'm trying to think of one. I don't know. I can't think of one. It's depressing. Positive podcast. Maybe I'll just cut my whole rant out and just start up here and say positive podcast. I had to cut my rant out because I was hating. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, Jonathan. Sucks to me, me. I, I, I envy you. You, you board gamers, you still have it decent enough right now. Knock on wood. Hopefully no one decides to screw you guys up. Let's hope. Let's hope. Well, besides releases slowing down, is there, is there some new board game hotness on the horizon that everyone seems to be excited about? Let's end on that. That sounds like positive. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talking about the, but this is RPG stuff, but it's the, um, Cephalofair is releasing a RPG based on the Gloomhaven universe. I've heard a lot of people talking about that. Yeah, I've been kind of curious about that myself. I don't, I, it's going to use its card-based mechanics, which I don't know. I'm, I'm worried if I get it, it'll fall into that realm of things that I read and never play and I'd like to play it, but I, so I am kind of curious. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that the, the combat system, like as Ray was describing it in that one episode he was with us on, it sounds really fun. So there's that. That's cool. That won't get screwed up by the open gaming license. So hooray to them. Maybe that'll be that fifth pillar in that community. Who knows? If anybody's going to do it, they are. I mean, that, that universe is pretty well loved, you know? Yeah. And their, their, their board game makes absolutely no sense from a marketing standpoint to be as big as it is. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, and my local game store got like an absurd amount of copies of that game. And I went in there the next day or a couple days later and they had three. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, where'd they go? Cause it's not like they could hide them somewhere. They're big boxes and you know, all, all of their floor space is pretty obvious. And I, I also checked where they hide stuff like that because the door was open and I'm nosy and uh, yeah, they were all gone. They were all gone. It's a giant game. It's a giant game with complex mechanics and, and you know, several hundred dollars and it sells like it's like it's made out of ham you know it's bizarre the stranger things uh game is starting to shape up interestingly um i saw a couple of videos about it uh the rob davio one that cool mini or not's doing oh that's cool that's cool that's looking really interesting i i i hope it comes together i really do because it looks awesome cool uh it's all about all i can think of it's such a quiet time right now you know yeah, the news yeah. will really start flowing next next month. Maybe, I mean, maybe that, you know, we'll see. Terraforming Mars got uh, option for film and TV. <laughs> if it turns out like the Clue movie, that'll be amazing. Oh my god, that would be. I don't know how they would, but that would be. Well, it's obvious Tim Curry plays the butler. I mean, come on, how hard is that? <laughs> the butler on Mars. Space that butler. would be hysterical if Tim Curry just showed up as a butler. Like, that would be <laughs> absolutely the most amazing thing in any movie, frankly. <laughs>
I don't need it to be the Terraforming Mars movie. It could really just generally be any movie. If he just showed up as the butler, that would be great. Just throwing that out of the universe. <laughs> there we go. That, that was a good laugh. We can end it on the laugh. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode, which really means... I mean, that was the closing thought, so... Um, be excellent to one another. Party on, Robert. Yeah, party on, Jonathan. Party on. <laughs> the music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 